0: Welcome to Contemplate, a Bible teaching ministry brought to you by Acts Church in Vancouver, Washington. Pastor David Robinson is our teacher, and today begins the introduction to a new series called Rooted. Let's face it, it's tough to stand strong in our faith when the world is constantly trying to beat us down, but we can do it, and being rooted is the key. Here's Pastor David. When I
1: was a young man, I used to play football, and uh, I was a lineman. So basically that means that I wasn't fast enough or good-looking enough to actually touch the ball. So they, they didn't trust me with all of that. They basically said, look, you, you go over there and push people out of the way so that the fast, good-looking guys with the ball can run and not get tackled. And so I said, well, do I still get a uniform? And they said, yes. I said, okay, I'll do that. I'll go over there and push people around. So um, one of the problems was that I was not at that time very large, not like I am now. Back then I would eat food and it would just disappear. It just go somewhere. But now when I eat, not only does it stay, it invites friends and <laughs> things get, things get rough. But so I wasn't I wasn't the biggest lineman out there. My job was to kind of push and knock into these other guys that were often a lot bigger than me. Often a lot bigger than me. And so, and of course, your main job as an offensive lineman is to protect the pretty boy, right? the quarterback, um, because when he's trying to throw the ball, he doesn't want people, you know, running into him while he's trying to do that. That can be dangerous, and apparently, it hurts. I don't know. Never was good enough to be a quarterback. So. That was my job, and my job in protecting the quarterback was when there was going to be a pass play, I had to be there, and I had to be rooted, grounded into the ground in such a way that no, nobody could get by me. It was, it was me protecting this guy back there from people who wanted to do him great harm, right? That was my job, and so I had to be rooted. I had to be strong. I, had, I couldn't give an inch, nothing. Now, one year, I went to Western Washington University's football camp, um, and I don't know if anybody go to Western Washington University, anybody? Oh, okay, good. That was, that didn't work. Um, all right. I had this whole joke I was going to do. All right. Well, I went to full camp of Western Washington University and it was, it was for these linemen. So I have like a hundred of these great linemen other than me from all over the state who are here. A lot of them are big guys. They're, they're strong guys and they're there to get better at being a, uh, at being a lineman. Okay. And one of these guys was from Auburn, Washington. I do not remember his name, but I'm going to call him Igor, okay? This guy was huge. I mean, big and strong. He probably ate like small cars for, for breakfast. I don't know. I mean, huge, mean, tough. I don't know if he's actually mean, but he was a very tough guy, well-respected, known as just a great lineman, you know, very, the opposite of what I was, right? I was very small for a lineman. This guy was big and strong and fast, and he would just dominate people, in these drills that we would do at lineman camp, you just make people look silly. Um, one day at camp, we're doing a drill, and the guys—the uh, the, basically the drill was you—the offensive lineman would st- would be here, and the defensive lineman would be on the other side facing him, and behind the offensive lineman there would be the quarterback, which wasn't really a quarterback, but was this big bag that that sat back behind this lineman. So you know, just a big um, bag that you would hit slightly more intelligent than your average quarterback, but that's, no, I'm kidding, linemen and quarterbacks, we have this whole thing that goes on. So um, that was there, and so somebody had to protect it. Well, Igor, is about to be on this defensive side to go get the quarterback. And these coaches decide, let's get the testosterone of these boys kind of whipped up because a hundred stinky guys, athletes over there don't have enough of that already. So they're like, who wants to face Igor, right? Like, who wants to, you know, because they're trying to pump you up and get you, you know, they want this big contest because Igor is obviously the biggest, strongest, fastest kid, and they want to see who wants to do it. So I said, you know, I'm not one to back down from a challenge. You know, so I said, hey, I'll do it. And uh, the coaches sort of looked at me, and they were like, no, I don't think so. I'm serious. They were like looking for somebody else. They thought it was going to be such a nothing challenge that it wouldn't be worth watching, and so they didn't want me to do it. Now, just for your information, when you're in front of 100 other guys your age, and you, say, you step out, you know, kind of like put yourself out there, and then have the coaches basically, you know, say, you're too weak to do this, it's not embarrassing at all. Okay, not embarrassing at all. Um, so maybe I shouldn't have used my soprano voice. Hey, I'll do it. I'll do it. No, I didn't. I, 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 so basically, I was like, no, I'm in too far now. So i like, no, I'll do it. So I step up to the line, like, oh, I'm good to go. Let's do this. Right? And then, so at that point, they shrug their shoulders and they're like, okay, you know, pipsqueak, let's see what happens um, when Igor eats you. Um, and so I, I kind of get down. You know, you get down in like a stance, I'm not going to do it now, I'm too old, um, but you get down in the stance and you sort of get, get ready to go, right? And, and so Igor's thinking, I'm going to get that fake quarterback and I'm thinking, I'm going to get these legs rooted in, strong, and I'm going to stand strong and this guy's not getting anywhere. I don't know if you've ever seen those cartoons where the bull is like getting ready to, and there's like smoke coming out his nostrils. That was me, Right? That was me. I got that fixed, but it, it was—I I, I, was—I was ready to go. I was confident. Okay, I was confident. I'm looking straight in the eyes of this guy with no fear. Like I am going to show this guy, all these people think that just because this guy is big and strong, he's going to beat me. I may not have been big and strong, but at least I was slow and awkward. So you know, I, I was going to do this thing. So here I am. I'm sitting here. And I get locked in, he gets locked in, the coach blows the whistle or says hike or whatever happens to get this drill started. And I mean, normally what you'd do if you were Igor is you kind of try to go around one way or the other around the person to get to the quarterback. But Igor didn't go left and he didn't go right. He just came straight at me and I was like, bring it on, baby. And so I'm sitting there and here he comes. I mean, and we just hit and we lock up face mask to face mask, shoulder pad to shoulder pad. And that lasted half a second. And as I was looking up at Igor, flying over the top of me to tackle this bag, I think he ate it, he just destroyed it. And I'm laying there on the ground, looking up through two black eyes, down a bloody nose. Not really, my face still looked amazing. It was just, I just uh, was embarrassed, right? I got knocked on my bottom. And (laughs) what I realized was That my NFL career may not be what I thought it was going to be. Um, I I, I started to rethink that that as a career plan. But the truth was, I wasn't ready for this guy. I wasn't ready for this guy. I hadn't done the work. I hadn't built the strength to be able to stand strong in the face of that kind of opposition. I may have been cocky. I may have thought that I could take this guy on. I really did, by the way, think that I was going to win. Um, That's how... Again, you know how stupid I was, I guess. But I, I did not do the things that I needed to do to be able to hold my ground, to be able to be rooted in, to be able to, stre- to stand there. The physical power, the physical strength wasn't there, and my opponent ate my lunch, right? He crushed me as a result of me not being ready. If a tree wants to be strong, it has to have wide and deep roots, they got to go deep in the ground to hold a tree strong, right? Because a tree is not supposed to move, right? They don't move around. They stay. They stay strong. If you've ever tried to move one, you'll know what I mean. They don't move very easily because they have roots. And the stronger the roots are, the stronger the tree is, the less likely that tree is to be moved. The roots are also how that tree gets water and nutrients into the tree. The plant, right by having these roots. Listen to what the psalmist says in Psalm one. It says, "Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit." in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, whatever he does shall prosper. But here's the other side. It says, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now listen, the godly Those who delight in the law of the Lord, the king, right, the one we submit ourselves to, those who delight in that, who meditate on his law, they're like trees grounded in, can't be moved, bearing fruit, all of that good stuff. They're not moved. They're strong. They're fruitful. They're effective. Their roots are planted deep and sure. But those who are ungodly, the wicked, they have no root at all. They're like chaff. I have a picture here. You can see that, trees by streams of water. It doesn't look like you're going to move those. And the other side, that stuff you see blowing in the wind, that's chaff. It's like the, like a corn husk, like little pieces of corn husk that would float away. Or wheat, when you get the chaff separated out, it just blows in the wind. And so the wicked person, the ungodly, the person who doesn't submit himself to God, the person who doesn't say, God, you're king, who doesn't drive roots down in to the Lord, they're like chaff. They just fly away with the wind wherever culture is going. Wherever way things are going, they fly around. This is why you have people who you know who 20 years ago thought very different things and were on very different side of things than they are now. And if you would have asked them certain things, they would have said, well, I believe this, I believe that. And now they believe something else. And it's not necessarily because they've been convinced by logic and reason, but rather the other thing you'll notice is that everybody else also thinks the other way now too. They just go with the wind. But the tree it's planted, strong, it's rooted in. It doesn't go anywhere. And as believers, we're not to blow around wherever culture blows. We're to stand strong. Ephesians 6, 13 through 17 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, Having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Now, we would not be told to stand unless there was something to stand against. We would not be told to stand, it would not be made a big deal unless it was hard to stand. Right, Unless there were things, there was opposition, there were things pushing against us. And we're not only told to stand, but we're told how to stand. This is one of the passages that does it. We're to be rooted, and our roots must go wide and deep if we're going to stand. If we're going to stand. So we're embarking now on a teaching series. This is sort of the introduction to our new teaching series. And it comes straight out of, you know, we were in the book of Acts for about three years. Two and a half years or so, maybe a little longer. And we walked through and we saw uh, Jesus with his disciples. These disciples who had witnessed Jesus resurrected from the dead, risen from the dead. And Jesus said, look, you're going to be my witnesses. All throughout, through Judea, through Samaria, through the, the Jerusalem, the ends of the earth, all this but you're going to go and be my witnesses. And then we see the Holy Spirit, Jesus ascends to heaven, the Holy Spirit comes upon the believers, and then they go out, right? They go out all over the place, and they start bringing the gospel. And then we see Paul, and we see him go on three different missionary journeys to all these cities, to all these places, planting all these churches, okay? So there's just new believers everywhere, all over the place. And then what we see after the book of Acts is that Paul goes and he writes a bunch of letters to these new believers. And in these letters, he gives them the things they need to become rooted, to go from the place of the joy of salvation and of knowing who Jesus Christ is in the gospel message to being rooted, rooted deep. So we're going to study these letters and we're going to study the love that Paul had for Jesus, which is going to teach us how to have more love for Jesus. We're going to study the love Paul had for the church, for the people, which is going to teach us how to be rooted in love for one another. We're going to see Paul's prayers for the people, which is going to teach us how to pray and what we should be thinking about. We're going to see the doctrine. Now, some people think that's a bad word, doctrine. That sounds, you know, cold and distant and whatever, and we shouldn't be so focused on doctrine. Doctrine is just what we believe. It's just the things that we believe, why we believe them, right? Right? Doctrine is just the truth, the principles of Scripture. And so we're going to lay out a lot of doctrine through these letters. We're going to learn what it means to be a Christian, what Christians believe. We're going to study how the Holy Spirit, through Paul, exhorted people to let the Holy Spirit transform them and what that looks like and what we should be looking for. We're going to study how Paul's letters challenge the church, how they push back, how the letters comfort The church, how they bring that peace and comfort. And we're going to see the encouragement that Paul brings to these believers, many of whom are facing difficult, difficult times, much worse than what most of us have ever faced. And we're going to see how Paul models the life of a Christ follower who's rooted and standing strong. We're going to see all of that. And we're going to see how a couple of thousand years these letters going out to these churches in, in, in 2,000 years ago in these different places, how so little has changed. In fact, nothing has changed at the basis, at the basic place of what's true about who Jesus Christ is, about who we are, and about what it means to be offered salvation, and about what it means to grow. It's the same. You're going you're gonna to see as we go through this that Paul's talking to people in Ephesus or Corinth, right? And he's saying these things, and these cities are very different and, you know, whatever. But then you're going to see how it's, it's, it's the same thing for us. It makes sense. He's speaking universally. And it's an amazing thing that scripture can speak so universally over such a long period of time. So I'm not promising we're going to do this quickly, but we will attempt to do it thoroughly. And if we do it thoroughly, we're going to become rooted as believers and Christ followers. That's what's going to happen. And so we got to move onward from the basic things, right? We have a call to move onward from the basic things into more and more and more of the meaty, amazing things and sections of Scripture. We're not going to gloss over anything. And for any of you who have read these letters, you know, there's some stuff in there that people are going to raise eyebrows at. But we're not going to gloss over anything. We're going to dig into it fearlessly and faithfully and go into it. And Lord willing, by the time we've completed all of this, our roots will be wider and deeper than ever before. And the fruit that we will see as a result of that will be amazing. But we have to be committed to it, right? We want to be more like Jesus. We want to be more like Paul, who was more like Jesus. We want to, we want to see what that's going to look like so that we're not moved. We can't be moved by circumstances. So we're not moved by emotional upheaval. We don't want to be moved by opposition or pain or even death. We want to have our roots so strong. And Paul wasn't moved by any of those things because, as the psalmist says, his delight was in the law of the Lord, and he meditated on it day and night. And so he was like a tree. Paul knew the word of God. He trusted Jesus. He loved Jesus. He stood strong. He wouldn't be moved. Just like his Lord and Savior, our King, Jesus Christ, would not be moved. That's what this is going to be about. Overarching theme here is for us as believers to become more and more rooted. Remember what Paul said in in the 20th chapter of Acts. He says, And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me, but none of these things move me. Nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. I want to be like that. I want you to want to be like that. Right? Right? Ephesians 6.10 says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what we want to be. We've realized, hopefully most of us at this point in our life, that we're not going to be strong in ourselves. I realized that when Igor ran over me, right? There's only so much strength that I have. And spiritually, there's only so much strength we have in ourselves. We need to be strong in the Lord because you need to recognize something. Satan wants to destroy you. If you don't know that, if you don't believe that, if you think that's, a fairy tale, whatever, you're just wrong. Satan wants to destroy you and your family and your joy in Christ. He wants to run over you and leave you on the ground looking up through two black eyes down a bloody nose. He wants to tear you apart. Everything in this world and in this culture that's run by Satan is conspiring to shake you, to push you over, to pull you to pieces. That's what it's doing. Every time you just got done looking on Facebook and you're feeling covetous, because you saw so-and-so got a new this or a new that. Every time that you're feeling angry or disappointed or depressed because of things going on, every time you face financial difficulties or your spouse is being selfish or you're being selfish, I know that's not you, but some of us, right? Every time you struggle with temptation to live a holy life, Satan's trying to knock you down. Don't believe anything different than that. And those who aren't fighting... Those who aren't saying, I'm going to root in, I'm going to stay strong, they're just blowing with the wind. They're just blowing with the wind, right? Just giving in, taking the easy road, right? There's a wide road, the easy road, it leads to destruction. That's the road that everything's, that's where the wind is blowing. That's not us, though. You have a better path. There is an adventure in following Christ like no other in the world. Real life. Real life. Not blowing around in the wind. Real rooted life. Real joy. Real peace. Real love. And you don't have to fear Satan who wants to mess you up. You don't have to fear him at all or culture or other enemies that might come because you can be like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season that can't be moved, that's rooted in. You can be that. And the wind can blow And the chill can come, and whatever can happen, and you can't be moved because your roots are deep and healthy, because you're rooted.
0: Well, as you can tell, this is going to be a powerful series. And in our next episode, Pastor David will continue to show us the importance of being rooted. And now let me invite you to join us here at Acts Church this Sunday morning. Easy directions and all the info you need are just a click away at axchurchnw.org, or call 360-885-9000. Hope to see you this Sunday and right back here for more with Pastor David Robinson on Contemplate.